Thanks for pressing play. No matter the outcome of the trials of Elizabeth Holmes, the founder and CEO of Theranos, and Sonny Belwani, her partner and COO, their actions represent a demarcation point for uh, Silicon Valley, for startup founders, uh, CEOs, VCs, and marketers. And stunningly, uh, it's not getting talked about the way I uh, would have hoped. So let's talk about it. And if by chance you don't know about this story, um, I'd highly recommend that you Google Theranos and get up to speed. Uh, Here's the very quick version. They were a Silicon Valley-based startup that claimed to have created a new category of blood testing products that could detect countless conditions and diseases with a simple pinprick of your finger. Over time, they did massive deals with major drugstore uh, chains and many others, people like Walgreens and so forth. They raised more than $700 million, and at their peak, they were valued at $9 billion. And um, Theranos uh, founder, Elizabeth Holmes, was an on-paper billionaire, and she was on the cover of uh, almost every business magazine that you could imagine, and she was celebrated by presidents and heads of state and you name it. On their board were people like uh, George Schultz and Henry Kissinger, both former secretaries of state in the United States. Interestingly, however, few top-tier Silicon Valley VCs and leaders invested in this thing. Many of the smartest minds in Silicon Valley took a pass on Elizabeth Holmes' Steve Jobs impersonation. She ripped off his mock turtleneck and so forth. And over time, it turned out that uh, Theranos' technology was a complete scam. Not only that, they went as far as to send patients fabricated results. They burned millions and hurt countless people who relied on their bullshit test results. Around here, we believe there is a before and after Theranos that actually has the potential to create a very positive kind of new awakening in the startup ecosystem. And we also think everybody in marketing and the startup world should have their eyes wide open about the ramifications of Theranos, because this is a big learning, I think, for all of us. So let's dig into those learnings. And in particular, three things we think matter the most in the wake of uh, Elizabeth Holmes and sort of the new awakening and the new line that VCs need to walk uh, because of her. My friends at Halo App are the world's first real relationship app. Visit H-A-L-L-O-A-P-P.com today and learn about how you can have real relationships and not be the product and not be monetized in private through your smartphone. So go to HaloApp.com or search for Halo App on the App Store on your phone. And if you like alternative milks, why not try the world's first whole plant flax milk Malibu milk. It's the small, tasty change that makes a very big difference. Go to MalibuMilk.com, milk with a Y. And um, when you make your first order on uh, checkout, type in different 15 for a 15% discount. Also want to tell you, we have something exciting we're doing with Category Pirates. We're now publishing a series of mini books on Amazon. And so if you go to Amazon and uh, search for Category Pirates, you'll find us there. Uh, Recent uh, new eBooks include The Big Brand Lie, How Pirates IPO, 
become known for a niche that you own and no ocean strategy as opposed to blue ocean strategy and much, much more. Go to amazon.com and search for category pirates. Now, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockheeda Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. Okay. So before we dig right into the Theranos stuff, you've probably heard me say this if you're a regular listener, but it's very clear when you start really thinking that much of what we get taught about business, entrepreneurship, and marketing is actually complete bullshit, and a lot of it's very, very wrong. The other thing I'd share with you is uh, we believe around here that thinking about thinking is the most important kind of thinking. And today, what passes for thinking is often not really thinking. It's actually the mental retweeting of other people's unquestioned, unexamined, unconsidered ideas that make us feel good, that validate us in some way, that are affirming in some way, as opposed to stopping when we hear something going, hmm, what do I really think about this? Now, that said... One of the biggest bullshit axioms in business is fake it till you make it. You hear this all the time, fake it till you make it. Well, it turns out that um, nothing about fake it till you make it makes any fucking sense. By the way, this idea is one of the principal causes of this thing we've heard a lot about over the last few years called imposter syndrome. And um, you know what the best way to deal with imposter syndrome is? Don't be a fucking imposter. Don't be a fake. Now, my dear friend, a a true Silicon Valley legend, a grand dame of marketing, communications, and PR, a gal I'm so proud to have known for so long, Sabrina Horn, recently wrote a number one bestseller that tackles this problem. It's called Make It, Don't Fake It. And I would highly recommend you pick up a copy. And uh, she was on Follow Your Different fairly recently. You can check out Follow Your Different, episode 228, if you want to dig into this with Sabrina. So, what's the difference between being a visionary, being an optimist, as a founder, as a CEO, as a VC, as a marketer, as a business person, and being a scam artist? Well, here's an idea for you. And I say this not like an answer, but as a start point for thinking or as an additional um, sort of uh, way to think about this. Maybe being crystal clear about the difference between these three things. One, what your future vision is. Two, what your current capabilities are. And three, what your past performance is particularly uh, as it relates to uh, accounting and financial information. Now, is it okay to have a huge vision, to have a radical category design that's based on a point of view about a radically different future? Hell yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, it's the people that have huge visions that 
allow themselves to get radical, that allow themselves to be unencumbered by the thinking of the present and the past to imagine different futures, those are the only people that create new categories, different futures, and massive new value. So is it okay to have a huge vision and point of view? Absolutely. Uh, Dreamers matter. We had um, Marty Cooper, the founder of, uh, or the creator of the mobile phone on Follow Your Different a little while ago. And he said explicitly, he's in his 90s, by the way, and he could not be more legendary. If you don't know who he is, check it out. He's got a book out called Cutting the Cord. And I don't know what episode he was on Follow Your Different, but if you go to lockhead.com and type in Marty Cooper, you'll find him. But, you know, one of the things that Marty said to me um, during our dialogue was, that he considered himself a dreamer. And it, it's true. Dreamers who can convert their dreams into reality are the people who do create different futures and make a giant difference. And so, yes, I think we want to cultivate that, that childlike curiosity. Now, uh, is it okay to lie about what your product does now? No. N-O. No way. We can't lie about what we've got. We can't make promises to customers that we know we cannot currently keep. On our last episode, uh, number 127 with Al Ramadan, co-author of Play Bigger and uh, my brother from another mother and collaborator for more years than I would like to talk about, uh, Al unpacked Rivian and their pathway to an IPO and how they're trying to create a new category of electronic adventure vehicles. Anyway, if you heard that episode, one of the things you might have remembered about our conversation was he talked about something interesting that Rivian did, which is they had promoted uh, a capability, a product feature that they called a tank turn, which if you see the video of it, go to YouTube and uh, Google uh, Rivian tank turn and you'll, you'll see the video. Or actually, I think we have a link to it in the, uh, the show notes. Yeah, we do. Go to lockhead.com and check it out. Anyway. What you'll see is the thing does like a 360 turn as though it was a tank. Well, people got super excited about it. Uh, there was over 2 million views, if I remember correctly, on YouTube of this thing and so forth and so on. And whoopsies, they got over their skis. It didn't work. Now, what did uh, Rivian do? They came public and said, you know what? We got over our skis and we're not going to be able to deliver that capability. That's okay. It hurts to make a big claim and then not be able to deliver on it. But many of us understand that the people and the companies who break and take new ground have to get over their skis. And sometimes we can't deliver on our biggest dreams and plans. And the key here, what Rivian did was amazing because they said, hey, we wanted to deliver this and we can't right now, which is totally cool. Also, as a side note, as a lifelong skier, one thing that's interesting about skiing is you almost never see people fall forward when they're skiing. They almost always fall backwards. Um, <laughs> sitting right next to me is our cat who identifies as a dog bean. He, he, just, <laughs> he just jumped up on my desk. Sometimes he likes to uh, come and have a cuddle. And if you hear a little jingle jingle, that's his... Um, collar, which I just took off. Anyways, I digress. So you almost never see people fall forward when they're skiing. They almost fall backwards. So having big visions, big, hairy, audacious goals, making big promises, these kinds of things can drive a company and a category forward. 
They can even inspire engineers and product managers, marketers, and and salespeople to stretch. You know, one of the uh, legendary things that Steve Jobs did when he came back to Apple for the second time was he gave interviews where he talked about uh, how pleased he was to see all of the great products that were in the pipeline. Well, I know enough people who were at and around Apple during those days to know there were very many great products, uh, or I think he called them insanely great products in the pipeline. But when he went out and told the external world that, the internal impact of that was if you were an engineer, a marketer, a product manager, you just kind of looked at yourself and said, shit, Steve just said we got a bunch of legendary products, insanely great products. We better get busy. So uh, having those visions, those dreams, those BHAGs, a giant point of view, they can not only set an agenda externally that's inspiring, that creates excitement, that inspires uh, super consumers to join your community uh, and so forth. It can also inspire internally. However, what Theranos teaches us, I think, is we all must be clear about the difference between future vision, current capabilities, and past performance. And As your future vision starts turning into current capabilities, you must be clear on what you can deliver. And as Al explained, the tank turn got a ton of people excited, drove a ton of PR, and got a shit ton of views on YouTube. But Rivian couldn't make it work. So they had to put their tail between their legs, be radically transparent, and tell people what's up. Now, the interesting thing is, when companies do this, When they admit a mistake, while they might take a short-term hit, in many cases, they actually build trust and affinity. They actually strengthen the bond between them and the customers and super consumers they're uh, serving and the category more broadly. Now, let's think about the opposite of this. One of my least favorite companies, Boeing. Where would Boeing be now if they didn't lie about the 737 MAX? Well, first of all, they would not have killed 346 fucking people. And they would not have had to pay $2.5 billion to settle criminal charges. Which, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, is disgustingly low. And as a side note, do you know how many people at Boeing went to jail for killing 346 people? None. Even worse, not a single fucking person at Boeing was charged criminally. CEO Dennis Mullenberg, he's not in jail. Even more disgusting, according to the New York Times, Mullenberg made 60 million bucks. And the assholes at Boeing said at the time of his departure... Uh, yeah, the 60 million bucks, by the way, is according to the New York Times, and we have a link to that story. And, and they quote this from the company in that story. They say, quote, we thank Dennis for his nearly 35 years of service to the Boeing company. Upon his departure, Dennis received the benefits to which he was contractually entitled, and he did not receive any severance pay or a 2019 annual bonus. Now, look. I don't care who you are. What Boeing did was disgusting. And even worse, 
what the American government did and the judicial system did in America was more disgusting. Now, by contrast, as a side note, according to Forbes, 40,000 people today are incarcerated in the United States for pot offenses. And yet mass murderer Dennis Mullenberg walks away with $60 million. If you ever wanted blatant proof of systematic racism and the chilling reality that there is one justice system for rich white dudes and a whole other justice system for the rest of us, Dennis Mullenberg and Boeing is it. Now, disgusting on top of disgusting is after his products started killing people, what did Mullenberg do? He didn't ground the planes. He and Boeing were not uh, moored to a true north that mattered. Mullenberg called the President of the United States and begged him not to ground the Max. Disgusting. No one went to jail. No one. He got $60 million. But I digress. We cannot lie about what our products and services currently do. And legendary companies are radically transparent. The second we know that our product or service is not performing the way we said it would, we have to tell people, regardless of the impact on revenue or stock price. Now, all of this stuff has massive uh, implications for uh, venture capitalists and board directors as well. Anybody with a brain knows that due diligence matters before making investments. And governance matters if you're going to sit on a board. Interestingly, Bill Mars, who's the founder of Google Ventures, told Business Insider why Google Ventures passed on Theranos. He said, and I quote, We looked at it a couple times, but there was so much hand-waving, like, look over there, that we couldn't figure it out. So, we just had someone from our life science investment team go into a Walgreens and take the test. And it wasn't that difficult for anyone to determine that things may not be what they seem here. As a result, Google took a pass. Now, what's going on in venture capital right now? According to Wired, uh, and there's a link through to all this stuff in the show notes, venture capital had a record year in 2020. Think about that for a minute. A record year in 2020. And in Q1 of 2021, VCs invested $69 billion in startups in the United States of America. So what's really happening here? Today, there is so much VC competition that some investors, some VCs, have turned themselves into what you might think of as term sheet factories. In some cases, turning around term sheets in one or two days. So much for due diligence, eh? <laughs> you got to throw an A in every once in a while if you're a Canadian, don't you? Now, look, it turns out there's nothing really wrong with this term sheet factory strategy as long as the LPs, the limited partners, the investors in these VC funds know that the VCs are doing this. I'll tell you, as an LP myself, I want to know if the venture capitalists I have invested in have come to a new strategy of spray and pray. Some VCs say they accept fraud as a cost of doing business and that they would rather uh, get lots of deals done quickly and sort of 
bet on people not being scammers and fraudsters. And if they don't do much or, or any due diligence and they get ripped off from time to time, that's just a cost of doing business. Look, I'm not a venture capitalist. That may be the case. Um, the rub here, however, is it's not the fact that some VCs are turning themselves into term sheet factories and doing little, if any, due diligence. It's the fact that some of them are doing this, are practicing this, and not telling investors that you've, quote-unquote, pivoted to this, quote-unquote, strategy. That's not cool. So uh, it's okay to do it, but VCs need to be declarative about that this is what they're doing. So in conclusion, fake it till you make it was, is, and always will be bullshit. Entrepreneurs, CEOs, CMOs, marketers, executives of all kinds, it's cool to be over your skis. It's a good thing. Having a big dream, having a big vision, painting a massive POV for a different future is a very exciting thing to do. And look, the average person who knows anything about business understands that when some kind of a visionary is presenting a vision, that it is a dream, that it might not work. That's why it's called venture capital. That's why there's risk in it. You're making a proclamation about a potential different future. Any VC who looks at a forecast from an entrepreneur for the next five years of their business and thinks for a minute that forecast is accurate is probably nuts. So we all understand that, that, that future visions are exactly that future vision. They're a bet on a different future. And some entrepreneurs can make that different future happen. Some can't. Some can capitalize on tailwinds and headwinds. Some can't. And look, some legendary entrepreneurs, through no fault of their own, experience a failure, experience a headwind or a tailwind that just makes the scenario such that their vision doesn't happen. That's okay. That kind of what you might call good faith, honest failure in the uh, startup world, that's okay, man. That's okay. I've had many of them and I will have many of them. As a matter of fact, I've had way more failures than I've had successes. And I've been involved with way more startups that didn't go than startups that did go. Everybody knows that's the game. As long as it's a good faith effort and uh, we do our best, we go for it. And, uh, you know, we let the chips fall where they may. So in completion, what we think you need to be clear about around here is A, what's your future vision? And B, the difference between your future vision and your current capabilities and your past performance. And so having a big dream is great. Lying about the present or the past, that makes you an asshole. All right, we would like to thank our good friends at Category Design Advisors. If you want to learn how to design and dominate your category, check out CategoryDesignAdvisors.com. Our good friends at Atranet have been building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check out atre.net today. Our friends at NetSuite are the world's number one cloud ERP system, and they are the platform you need for your growth business. Check out netsuite.com slash different today. All right, I need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes, and this podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. Don't forget to consult your shaman, lawyer, 
doctor, mystic, yoga instructor, spouse and partner, and of course, category designer before acting on any of today's information. Uh, Oh, and by the way, your spouse called and he said it was okay. You can subscribe to Category Pirates. (laughs) I also need to warn you that the creators of this oddcast were clearly consuming libations and all oddcast episodes do contain nuts. Remember that thinking about thinking is the most important kind of thinking. We are produced and edited by the GOAT, Jason DeFilippo. Check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do the legendary technical execution and they build Lockhead.com. Show notes by the handsome and talented GM Simon. And the quote I'll leave you with today comes from French poet Charles Bolladaire. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, He said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. All right, that's it. Please stay safe, stay legendary, take good care of yourself and others. And until we're together again, follow your different. <laughs>